0: Welcome back to the conclusion of Pastor Tim's message, Our Kinsman Redeemer, from Ruth chapter 4, verse 1 through 6. Without a doubt, the key word in the book of Ruth is the word redemption. It is used nine times in the first six verses of this fourth and final chapter. Ruth's cultural redemption is so closely aligned with our spiritual redemption that the common threads are easy to trace. Boaz was Ruth's kinsman redeemer. Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. Here's Pastor Tim. All right. So
1: not only does the kinsman redeemer have to be worthy, secondly, our kinsman must be wealthy enough to redeem us. He not only has to be worthy, he has to be wealthy, he has to have enough money necessary to purchase the land and to take care of that family. So the word redeem simply means to buy or to purchase, which means that there is no redemption without a price tag. And the price tag is not mentioned for us here in Ruth chapter 4 about what it would take to redeem the land and redeem Ruth and those ladies, but I imagine it had to be steep. So the redeemer, the purchaser, had to have those suitable funds available, right? He has to be wealthy enough. He has to be able to do it. There was some reason why they sold that land in the first place and reason why there's not been a kinsman redeemer up to that point. Our nearer kinsman has insufficient funds. Adam has insufficient funds. He's not able to buy us back. And even if he had it, he wouldn't spend it on us any more than this man is going to spend it on Ruth in that particular land. So when the, when the Bible introduces us first to Boaz, it's in chapter number 2 and verse number 1. In that chapter, the Bible calls Boaz a man of great wealth. And we can believe it, can't we? We see his fields being talked about. We hear about these hired reapers that he has. We hear about his household servants. So he has what it takes in order to buy the land and to buy Ruth for himself. Jesus has what it takes to redeem us. And Jesus paid a far bigger price for you than Boaz ever paid for Ruth. Boaz paid out of his abundance. Jesus gave his life. Peter says it this way. He says, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. He's not only worthy, he's wealthy. That's what Peter said. Paul said, In Him, in Christ, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. So He buys our redemption. With what? Not with gold and with silver, but with blood. All right. So in our text that we read through, we read through verse number 6. I want you to take a minute and look at verse number 7. It contains a custom that is, it is both odd and interesting. So when Boaz redeemed Ruth and the land, the Bible says that he took off his sandal and handed it, gave it away, gave it away to the one that he was purchasing this from, gave it to the nearer kinsman. Adrian Rogers once said he thought this is where we get the expression, if I were in your shoes... I would know what to do, right? Or I wouldn't want to be in that guy's shoes, we say. My daddy used to say, I wouldn't be in his shoes for his socks. I still don't really know what that means, but he said it and I believe it, you know. But it's a picture of somebody standing in somebody else's shoes. You know, somewhere in some closet or some drawer, there is a picture of every little boy Standing in his daddy's shoes. You know? That's what this picture is. You want the big 50 cent theological term? It's substitutionary atonement. We deserve death. He pays that price for us with his own death. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. Who else... Would do that for us. Who else could do that for us? There's nobody but Jesus. He is worthy. He is wealthy. And thirdly, he is willing. Our kinsmen must be willing enough to redeem us. I mean, nobody, nobody forced Boaz or this nearer kinsman redeemer to buy the land and the lady. I mean, they, they didn't have to. I mean, whoever initially bought Elimelech's land for a fair price could have just kept it. They could have simply enjoyed that. And, you know, and I mean, and to say that he didn't have to do it, we say, yeah, but if he doesn't do it, then Ruth's going to be, you know, this poor widow living out on her own. Well, there are plenty of widows living like that. Did it, did it make it right? No. Did it make it uh, pleasurable? No. But it happened. And apparently the nearest of kinsmen was able to say, yeah, I'm not going to do that. You know, I would just as soon Ruth stay a homeless woman living out there, gleaning from fields wherever she can find it. She ain't coming in and messing up my inheritance. Nobody had to save you. I mean, you're the the one who sinned. If you had died after living a dismal life and then were sentenced to eternity in hell, you're just getting what you asked for. You're getting exactly what you deserve. And Adam can't do one thing about it. You can't do one thing to change that. But Boaz could change Ruth's life. And Jesus can change your life. The fact that Boaz is willing is proof of his love. As you read through the rest of this chapter, he marries her. He shares his life with her. They have a son that they name Obed. (laughs) They have a grandson that they name Jesse and have a great-grandson that they named David, King David. This is Jesus' line. The whole line of Jesus' lineage goes right through Ruth and Boaz. Did he have to do it? No. But the fact that he did do it, God has blessed them immensely. Jesus was willing to redeem you. He gave his life for you. The fact that he is willing, that he did it voluntarily, is proof of his love for you. Listen to what Paul said. Paul said, for when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. And then this is what I told you this morning, my favorite verse. But God demonstrates his own love toward us. And that while we were still sinners, that Christ died for us. I love this saying. You might not mark it down in your Bible, but you ought to mark it down in your heart. Jesus doesn't love you because you're valuable. You're valuable because Jesus loves you. That's what gives you worth and self-worth. All right, let me show you one more thing before we before we close out here tonight. Skip down, if you will, to verse number 14. I know it's farther than we read a while ago, but I think it's important for you to see. So this is after Ruth and Boaz have been married. This is after they have a son. It says this, Then the women said to Naomi... Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a close relative, without a redeemer, without a kinsman redeemer. Erk! Put the the brakes on for just a minute. And we've been talking this whole time about redeeming the land and redeeming Ruth. Why are the women talking to Naomi and saying, Hey, you've been redeemed. You've been blessed by God. Because you've been redeemed by Boaz. I thought, I thought he was just redeeming Ruth. Nope. Back it up, Terry. Back it up all the way to verse number 9. All right? Boaz is talking to the ten elders, to the witnesses. And he says, you are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's. And all that was Chilion's and Malon's from the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth, the Moabitess, the widow of Malon, I have acquired as my wife to perpetuate the name of the dead through his inheritance, that the name of the dead may not be cut off from among his brethren and from his position at the gate. You are witnesses this day. What did Boaz really redeem? All that was Elimelech's. Boaz redeemed the land. When Jesus dies on the cross for us, He sets everything back right. There's coming a day when everything gets set back right. The Bible says that the earth itself groans for the day of their redemption. That's why we pray out of Second out of, uh, Chronicles 7.14 does it say that He will do? He will heal our land. Even the earth itself is caught up in this redemption. Boaz redeemed the land. He redeemed Ruth. You know, those who, those who are excited. Those who want that really close relationship with God. Just like Ruth. Naomi was redeemed. She was redeemed. You know, Naomi changed her name halfway through the book. You know that, right? Instead of being called blessed, she wants to be called bitter. So even people who are bitter in their disposition against God, God can still redeem them and absolutely change them. She said at one point, she told those same women, I want you to start calling me Mara. Don't call me Naomi anymore. What would they say in verse number 14? Naomi, you are blessed of God. He's changed her life. But there's one more. Remember Orpah? I keep wanting to call her Oprah. (laughs) Remember Orpah? Ruth is Malon's wife. Chilion's wife is Orpah. That redemption, had she chosen to come with Naomi like Ruth did, would have covered her too. But she chose to stay in the land that is under the curse of God. And she never experienced the redemption that Boaz paid for. The Bible says that Jesus paid for the sins of the entire world, and yet there are people every day, who choose to live under the curse and will spend eternity in hell even though the price for their redemption has already been paid. That may be the saddest thing I've ever heard. Especially at the end of such an incredible story. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes with me. Are you willing to let Jesus redeem you? Has He already done that? Has He redeemed you and you're already enjoying being in His family? You know, Ruth used to have to glean the fields after the reapers had already gone through and taken the best stuff. Now she owns the field. Now she eats every day at Boaz's table anybody else that's with her. Maybe that's something that you want to ask the Lord about. Or maybe there's somebody in your life who's like Orpah. They refuse to come to the Lord. Maybe you ought to tell them about it. Maybe there's something else that you need to pray about you want to come to the altar, please come. If you want to come to me, please come. But let's do some business with the Lord. Father, thank you for your love for us that is immense, that is unquenchable, that is unique among all other loves. Father, we bless you for this story. Because even though it's an Old Testament story, it has a New Testament truth. It impacts my day-to-day. It'll impact my life tomorrow. Father, I pray that you'd bless us with it in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand with me.
0: Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is church office at Brittdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.